messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Get the bibs we are having. Lobster. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Vives. Hi, Andrew. You know, today's show is inspired by something I don't like. I do like this show that we've put together. I think it's going to be a good one. Okay. But it's inspired by this ad campaign. Actually, various ad campaigns that all have one thing in common. The new iPhone 15. Yeah. And it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Whether you're whether or not you're talking about commercials for the phone itself produced by Apple or AT&T commercials with the spokes character Lily Hawking the AT&T plan. You can almost and call you her get, a spokes critter. I, well, <laughs> I was going to say spokesperson, but like, is it... I think of a spokesperson as lending their own name, well, image and likeness to a product. If you will. And But Lily is a character played by... A comedian in yeah, the same way. Like I think so. But the only spokeswoman. Or I think Flo's so. I mean, the only character she plays is spokesperson. So yeah. Kind of. I think it's a it's a little bit of a, a distinction without a difference. So you would say like flow is a maybe more mainstream or like recognizable example. Flow is a spokeswoman. I think so. I just don't know how else you would describe yeah, no, her. That's pro- okay. So either way, but you have like you have Common selling the phone. You have Lily selling the AT&T plan. You have Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes. Hayes. Uh, or Will Arnett didn't get the call, yeah, I guess. No or, or he drives a harder bargain. <laughs> yeah, but well, he's doing truck commercials where his voice yeah. is maybe, maybe, uh, by the moment. The, the iPhone doesn't have uh, GMC truck money yeah i find that hard to believe yeah i find that hard to believe as well so anyway there's all kinds of commercials for various aspects of the new iphone and all of them all of them mention that the iphone is available in titanium now i assume they're not all titanium but every commercial yeah whether it's a glancing mention or the focus of the commercial is titanium uh, yeah. including one that really has some i think specious <laughs> implications about the origins of titanium yeah. we'll get into that in a second you know what i'm talking about i with sure that? do okay we'll talk about that, that in a second so today's show is not all about Unless they iPhones. mean the chinese sweatshop that's at the <laughs> outer rings of the outer edges of the universe exactly hold your fire mike daisy i know we'll get to that <laughs> in a second. shots fired <laughs> So anyway, um, <laughs> today's show is not about the iPhone. Today's show is not about titanium specifically, but it got me thinking they're so in love with their titanium phone. What if I go back and look at a bunch of commercials throughout the you know decades that look at or focus on the materials that go into what is being sold, yeah. be it wood or metal or precious metal or that type of thing. So we are looking at materials today. As I say it out loud, it doesn't sound interesting, but... It honestly was a good way for me just to start searching for commercials, and I've landed on a bunch of... I don't need to say this, but I will, because I'm me. 
sticking to the plan didn't produce what I thought it was going to produce. Yeah. But it produced put a that bunch on a t- of... Put that on a bumper yeah, sticker. Exactly. I know I could just say that at the beginning of every show. But it did bring up some interesting commercials that we have not talked about, even even glancingly on the show before. So I'm excited to go over some of those with you, Veeves. Also, we will check in with the Ad Council, as we always do. There is a uh, paper towel campaign that's in pretty heavy rotation. Um, and somebody pointed out that uh, one of the commercials has some sort of like cultural signifiers that totally go over my head as like kind of just a, a white guy that I thought was kind of interesting and somewhat touching. Um, we'll talk about that and some other things. First, though, let's talk about materials. Can anybody make materials sound sexy? <laughs> Okay, Genevieve, we're going to start by talking about a couple of these Apple iPhone commercials. Not all of them, but we'll go with the one that um, really kind of just introduces the phone and this idea of titanium. Now, this is a very visual commercial. We'll tell you what the text on the screen is. But before I even play it, what is your best? You were We were both like kind of joking about it at the top of the show without <laughs> saying what it is. Best of your memory, what is the claim that is okay. made in this commercial? The claim is that a meteor or meteorite, I'm a little fuzzy on the distinction, um, s- speeds in from the outer reaches of the universe, burns through the upper atmosphere of mm-hmm. Earth, and arrives fully formed as a titanium iPhone. And does it also sort of, uh, uh, does it go through lava at some point? Probably. Or does it land in lava, it maybe? Like, it sounds like something that would happen in this ad. You just see you're like way out in space it's somewhere. It's elemental forces. Yes, and then elemental forces bring together this little chunk of a, of a, of a shiny rock, yeah. right? It's titanium. That's, this, is, this does go a long way, in my mind, of explaining why iPhones are very expensive. <laughs> yeah, because right. if this is the manufacturing process, I got to say, I mean, honestly, you're getting a deal. So it's shooting through space, <laughs> and then it's getting <laughs> ever closer to the Earth. And then there's actually some text on the. So not only is it implying <laughs> that titanium is a metal from space, from space. <laughs> which it's not, <laughs> right. as far as I know. I'm thinking. Well, I mean, it might also be a metal from space, but I want to. I think. I it, don't think that's what they're using. But to make I don't the iPhone. think that's what they're using. They're I'm wondering if they're like getting confused. What is meteors. the stuff? What is the stuff that Superman can't be around? Kryptonite. Do they think that it's kryptonite? Do they think that it's kryptonite? I wonder if they think it's kryptonite. It wouldn't even shock me that much if, like, you know, DC and Apple partnered up, and next year we did get a quote-unquote kryptonite phone. What did is it Steve Apple? Is that what somebody asked Steve Apple? No, no, Tim Apple. Right. Somebody asked Tim Apple if he thinks um, kryptonite and titanium are the same thing. All right, I'll play this commercial and then I'll tell you. I mean, not only does it imply with the visuals that this is uh, a product from space, <laughs> a material from space, but they actually kind of say it they at the end. Say it. So big explosion, like big, big bang, bang. Right. Now shiny rock shoots through space clouds. Maybe even space water there for a second. Shoots through the rings of Saturn. Rings of Saturn. There's some sort of like didgeridoo nonsense to the soundtrack. From the edge of the universe, it says. To the palm of your hand, it says. Titanium iPhone 15 Pro AT&T Apple symbol. I guess in the final analysis, 
in the sense that we are all made of star stuff. Mm-hmm. Every atom, hey, every atom in the universe. You're really made of star stuff. I am. Made I tell of you star that all stuff. the time. I'm like, girl, you are made of star stuff. You do. I love it when you call me girl. <laughs> um, yeah. it, but maybe they're really just sort of like taking the the broadest possible take of like, well, every atom in the universe was created in the Big Bang. So in a sense, but what we're they, all from outer space. What they say, in a sense, my Google Pixel is from outer space. This quote is from the edge of the universe to the palm of your hand. Right. Not all of our cells come from the edge of the universe. That is a lie. This phone and this titanium does well, not you're come talking from the about edge the universe, of the universe. You're getting into some very like um, sort of hypothetical physics and theoretical mm. physics and stuff. Like the edge is also the center. It's very complicated. Okay, I, I'm not smart enough to understand it. Anyway, I find <laughs> the obsession. Quantum, the, I would say. It's, you know, yeah, quantum. <laughs> Trying to think. Uh, well, never mind. You couldn't think of one more. Well, no. Word. I what, the reason is I, I couldn't hypotenuse. Huh? No, I was trying to think. Um, I, I want to say Brian Green, but Brian Green is somebody from 90210, right? Who is the? Um, there's a quantum physicist who was like a pop scientist for a while in the early mm. 2000s, and he had some documentaries. Maybe it was Brian Green. Was Brian Green in 90210? Well, yes. Okay, then I think it was a different guy. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That was the joke that I was trying to come up with when you caught me um, flat-footed there. But anyway, there's all these commercials that just mention this titanium phone, and none of them really say why that's good. Right. You can kind of fill in the blanks, sure, I guess. Sure, it's but known like, as a strong uh, light metal. Yeah, and so I would, and of course it is, this is the thing, it is sort of associated with space because it was associated with space age materials and right. and and the science of launching people and objects into space yeah but like but it's not from space but like, and i think they're confused nylon has a better claim to being quote from space than you know uh titanium why does it have a better claim well i mean it's certainly like, i think nylon and some other um uh polymers and things were really developed um as part of the space race oh, okay. and so you know i don't think titanium was titanium's just a it's an element an elemental mm -hmm. strong i mean it's a useful metal i mean and there's it's that, used in aerospace there's the everything i know about titanium really comes from that pop song from about 10 years ago i don't know it. titanium oh sounds nice yeah i didn't do a great job it's like a big <laughs> it's a big sort of like belter song uh -huh. i don't have the pipes for I it but um, okay, so I did find one commercial here, and I don't think that this is something that ever aired on television. Uh, you can tell by the um, dimensions of it. It's like an up-and-down commercial. <laughs> it looks oh, like an up-and-down commercial. You know, one that would fit on your phone screen without having to turn your phone sideways. Sure. And um, and it's a couple of nerds in like a, maybe like a laboratory or like a, some somewhere inside Apple headquarters and they're talking about and this is the only thing I could find again this is not one that is airing on television but this is the only commercial that I was able to find where Apple actually explains why this is you know some sort of an advantage for the first time ever iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max are made with aerospace grade titanium did you say titanium what now did you notice that behind him and you might not because it's a little bit hard to see I don't know. They're in some sort of a computer lab somewhere. These mm -hmm. two, like, you know, adults, but young adults. Um, and behind him is just a wall of screens. One of them says Mars, and one of them has, like, it looks like the surface of Mars. Yeah, it looks like it's photo, you know, images or, or video from the rover. 
So are they in some sort of space laboratory? Well, they definitely want you to be thinking about space. It literally says Mars age, in the corner which, of one of those yeah, screens. I just, again, no, at no point when they were developing this iPhone, and I'm sure it was done in, in an advanced laboratory, but it wasn't the laboratory where they were monitoring the progress of the Mars rover. No, but they had to get the titanium from Mars. Genevieve. That's what you don't understand. <laughs> For the first time ever, iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max are made with aerospace grade titanium. Did you say titanium? What an incredible material. It's light, strong, and crucial for space exploration. Okay, we're finally getting some answers why this would be a better phone material. Right. But also... Does your phone need to go to space? Does your phone need to explore space? I did see a headline that there will be a space hotel by 2027 or something, like some some very soon time. Oh, really? And so I guess if you're going to go to the space hotel, you're going to need a phone that can go to space. Do you think it's going to be one of those shitty hipster hotels where it looks really great so you can take Instagram photos, but everything is like paper thin and you have to poop in a glass box? I'm sure that the... the, accommodations are minimal Mm -hmm. the picture that i saw the rendering that i saw it looked like a giant ferris wheel in the sky or the space scary titanium what an incredible material it's light strong and crucial for space exploration mind if i she grabs his titanium makes these our lightest pro models yet they've also been redesigned with contoured edges so it feels amazing in your hand oh wow that's light i gotta admit this commercial, which is not necessarily good, actually is the only one that gets me thinking about holding an iPhone. At least it makes a case. It makes a case. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, I assume that they're not all made with titanium. It sounds like just this Pro is something that they're yeah. really pushing. But I'm sure the already insane price point of an iPhone is even higher on a titanium model. So I know I already said this, um, but... When I started producing this show, I thought I knew exactly how this was going to go. Like a bunch of mattress commercials where people are cutting into the mattresses talking about the foam. I thought there would be a million car commercials, mostly older car commercials, talking about like real steel and real wood or whatever. Or lighter, you know, like Saturn's whole thing was uh, plastic, right? We made it out of plastic. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, One word. Genevieve. (laughs) (laughs) I made that joke off air. That's stolen joke valor. But um, I honestly, it was something that was difficult to just search for. You know what I mean? It's the type of thing where we've seen it a million times in commercials. But when you just start like sitting down behind Google and just start typing like made with real blank, you get a lot of food stuff made with real sugar or made with, you know, real fruit juice or whatever. Um, So I just ended up finding like, one or two weird examples here and there, but I think it's going to make for an interesting show. Like this one, um, AMC Spirit Concord or Concord, I assume Eagle is a car. AMC American Motor Company or Corporation, I think. Yeah. That was before our time, right? AM. Did we ever... Like AMCs. I never knew anybody who had an AMC. Yeah, I feel like it maybe uh, was defunct by the time we were driving anyway. Well, anyway, the AMC Spirit Concord Eagle was a car, um, and this commercial fort begins in a place called Rust Valley. It seems like only yesterday they sparkled under showroom lights. Now they're rusted hulks. What we're seeing here is some sort of weird desert shot. This commercial is from, like, I'm going to say the 1970s. Some sort of like weird desert shot where we see some, well, hulks of 
old cars just sort of haphazardly parked in the dunes, missing various hoods and doors and what have you. And it sort of looks smoky there, too, although that could be the wind just blowing dust around. Yesterday, they sparkled under showroom lights. Now they're rusted hulks. The tough Americans and American voters think you should have something better, a car with a future. So Concord's the only American car built with something more durable than steel. Galvanized steel in 100% of the exterior body panels. That's right, 100%. So good as this high-mileage Concord looks today, its future looks even brighter. For 1982, more tough action from American Motors. That man has so much tea. Tea? Estosterone. Oh, tea estosterone. He's high T. He gave tea. me a real. He looked like a '70s version of James Marsden. Oh, a little bit, yeah. Like when after, after we see the shot of like the old dead yeah. cars, the competition. He's got a real stride. He's striding towards the camera through the dunes, and <laughs> his his shirt his shirt is unbuttoned to like the third one, right? He's got a sport coat yeah. on over top of it, and he and then all of a sudden he's he like, like buttons his shirt up every morning. Then by you know ten thirty in the morning, yeah. his shirt his shirt has unbuttoned itself. That's right. Well, it gets warm out yeah. in the desert and in the um, factory where he or maybe the uh, lab laboratory where they're making these cars and testing out the galvanized steel he pounds the side of the car door while it's still under construction to show how tough the galvanized steel is now here's Genevieve. a pop quiz for you what is galvanized steel huh I mean I think it's like they run a current through it but I don't really b- beyond that I don't really know is that true? I don't know. I mean, that's what galvanizing okay. sounds like. Or they, or they treat what, it with something. Can you? I'm going to tell you what I think it is. Now, uh-huh. this is going to be embarrassing for me because I actually worked in a steel fab shop where I would have to pick up scraps of metal and then sort them out by regular steel, stainless steel, galvanized steel, that type of thing. Because right. we then like, but you never really learned it. what the difference. Well, was. galvanized steel, I could point it out to you. Yeah, but I don't that, know like, if I'm gray, right about like it. that sort of silvery. It's kind of silvery, or, but or it, chalky it also looks like it is made from. It's almost like it's almost like the plywood of steel is how I think of it. It looks like it's made from a bunch of different pieces of steel, sort of mashed together, so it's got a textured look as opposed to just like regular steel, which would be just like kind of flat. Um, so, is there anything about galvanized steel being that is that it is made from various bits of steel and then all formed together? You're not totally wrong. Here's what it is. Galvanizing is a manufacturing process where a coating of zinc or is applied to steel oh. uh, to offer protection and prevent rusting. There are several galvanizing processes. I'm going to walk you through this one. The steel is cleaned in a degreasing solution, obvi. After being cleaned, the steel is pickled by being lowered into a mm. vat of diluted hot sulfuric acid, mm. which was, you know, sulfuric acid, I feel like as a kid, was a thing that you like, sort of, it was almost like almost a mythical mm. comes uh, from quality. the edges of space. It comes from the edge of the universe. The steel is then fluxed in an aqueous solution. I feel like I'm doing that bit from the pa- from Patriot. <laughs> yes. Uh, in an aqueous solution, typically zinc ammonium chloride. After the flux, the steel is galvanized through immersion, immersion in a vat of molten zinc. And then it's inspected for consistency. So uh, hopefully it would, hopefully you got it all. So it sounds like the zinc is the main thing there. The zinc is the think. Okay, yeah. the zinc is, well, that was their slogan for a long time. <laughs> Let the zinc and do the thinking. <laughs> Is I think what the American Zinc Council. That's right. I really wish I had a zinc commercial in here. I guess galvanized steel is as close as we're going to get to that. Um, 
I thought I would find more like stainless steel cars or whatever, but we'll just have to leave it there with the AMC Concorde. Um, but it did get me thinking about what the cars ride on, right? Like tires, rubber. So I thought maybe we could get into some weeds here about um, what goes into the rubber of tires. Again, it didn't find what I thought I was going to find, like some sort of you know, nerdy... Next we can find out what vulcanizing is. Yes, some nerdy rubber titian talking about what goes into <laughs> making rubber. Instead, I found this uh, commercial, which I'm going to say is from the 1960s. Please, it's rubberologist. <laughs> this seems like a Goodyear uh, commercial from the 1960s, and it's, again, very visual, but you hear a Jack Webb-style character. It sounds like this is from Dragnet, but I don't think it is, uh, talking about how we sent this car to to the mean streets of San Francisco <laughs> to see how it could hold up, how well the, the tires could I mean, hold it is up. a hilly town. It is a hilly town, but they have this car driving over, like, a, not over, but driving on railroad tracks, driving off-road, under the, under the Golden Gate Bridge for some reason. This is a tire test in San Francisco by Goodyear. Driving up a sidewalk. Goodyear tires with Tufson rubber are tough. Real tough. For more miles. It's like going across a train, like down uh, along a train track. Lots more miles. They're really giving this car a workout. I like this music. I like it. I like everything about this ad. Because you don't like jazz. Is this jazz? I mean, it's jazzy. Tires with Tufson <laughs> mean more mileage. You're a Goodyear man for Goodyear tires with Tufson rubber. Priced from $9 plus tax on old tire. $9. Also, I talked over it. He says, talk to your Goodyear man. Yeah. I mean... You had to, there was a lot of sexism, but also tires only cost $9, so you yeah. take the good with the bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've spoken like a real feminist. <laughs> um, you know all my principles go out the window for a good deal. <laughs> Genevieve. So that's as good as I could get fitting with the theme of materials, but while I was looking at tire commercials, like this tire commercial glancingly mentions, I think, the material, the kind of rubber that is used, but this is a minute-long commercial, this next one I'm going to play for you, that I'm guessing is... Well, clearly also from the 60s, but a little bit later in the 60s. And it's so that commercial we just saw was all black and white. It very much looked like drag dragnet sort of. This one is the mod era. I love it. I already love everything. Just about by this. seeing the, the screenshot. Just seeing the screenshot of these costumes. We see um, some people wearing almost like not white bodysuits, but like all white outfits in the background. Cars are parked at kind of funky angles. Yeah. Again, I just can't emphasize enough how kind of mod this is. And there's a woman in front and she's wearing like kind of a red jacket over her white outfit but she's got red leather boots on yeah the styling of their clothes and not that this gives an overall star trek vibe but it's a little bit um original series and with the costume like that era the of the era of like tight mods. tight leggings or pants and like a tunic style dress but look at this here it gets like as you get further into the commercial she's wearing like some sort of arty dress with a big arrow on it while she's yeah. holding a sign yeah it's very beatnik-y like a, a very beatnik-y yeah um and the idea 
here is now again this is not a commercial that focuses on the material it focuses on the um on some sort of uh, boot style, like it's more about the construction of the tire, uh, but I just needed you to see this. So while they're talking about Goodyear wide boot tires, they're showing this like kind of mod woman in her boots. What are the hot cars wearing this year? Boots, wide boots, GT tires from Goodyear. These boots are made for rolling wherever cars are hot. Wide Boots GT from Goodyear. What sports cars need, they've got. Check the specs. Built low and wide like racing tires. Low cord angle. Four plies polyester cord. Track tested at 130. These boots are made for rolling wherever cars are hot. White Boots GT from Goodyear, what sports cars need, they've got. If you drive a high-performance car, you need Goodyear's finest high-performance tire. So during that commercial, we see these mod hipsters dressed up like road signs. It is surreal. I'm sorry, I couldn't even describe it, what I was I seeing. I didn't know. I wanted people to hear the song, too. I love every second of it. I, I, I lost the ability to speak because I was so engrossed. Is it that is, not the coolest commercial you've ever seen in your life? It is the coolest commercial I've ever seen in my life. It was every second of it was gorgeous. Every shot, every... Um, Every every composition, every costume, every actor in it, like the, that that shot where they're like running, all these mods are like running down the stairs and running past the camera. Everything about this is fantastic. It is. I have no notes. It is. I would love to see this remastered because clearly it's, age yeah, so has, out, has kind know. of taken out a lot of the color and vibrance of this. And oh my God, if you could see in this full in color, this full color and fidelity, is yeah. that not, but in it, it does have do some color just a favor, washed out. Really listeners, do yourself a favor and go find the link to this. We'll post it um, with, with the show notes uh, in your podcatcher. It'll be on the Facebook group. It is so worth seeing. It's just really a l- awesome piece of art. It's amazing. Good and, for you, Goodyear. Right? Yeah, like kind of edgy, weirdly. Like, yeah. Very multicultural very cast. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and women are are like overrepresented in mm-hmm. it, and in, but not. And in- yeah, they're sexy. And there's one quick shot of a woman in a bikini because it's just like it's the '60s, and yeah. they kind of had to have that. But mostly they're kind of in go-go boots and dresses. But they're also like they're like. Um, they seem like in charge. Yeah, what is that? Uh, <laughs> Go-Go Racer? What was that uh, cartoon? That very stylized... Go Speed Racer? Go Speed Racer. They're kind of like Speed Racer, only cool. A little bit, yeah. Like, yeah. But, I mean, it's not that style of like animation. It's not animation No, it's not all. animation, but like kind of them in these hot, in these kind of hot rods driving uh, around in their white uh, jumpsuit, sort of. It's really amazing. When I think of materials, it's hard... And again, this is a, a, a flashback, and I think... Our older listeners, slightly older than us, maybe five to ten years older than us, will have a better grasp on the cultural significance of this. But Ricardo Montalban, he is known for, I always want to say, um, the love boat, but it's not the love boat. What is he known for? He's just like, he's one of those people that everybody knows, right? Was it Fantasy Island, maybe? Mexican-American actor with, like, sort of a, a very sexy accent. And you know and why? He's also the Wrath, he was also in the Wrath of Khan, and he's Khan. 
in Star Trek. Sorry, I don't. I know this is turning into a oh. Star Trek podcast, but that's probably the thing. I, you're right. Fantasy Island oh. is probably his number one, okay. uh, like credit. But I associate him first and foremost with with Khan. That's funny because I never saw Fantasy Island. I just sort of knew of it, and and you know, it just seemed like this very sexy '70s and '80s thing, right? Yeah. Um, but I also remember him always saying. Corinthian leather, right? Like rich Corinthian yes. leather. And he was in these ads for the Chrysler, mostly the Chrysler Cordoba for years and years and years. And it started in the mid 70s. And I couldn't find, I watched so many of these. It's always a brief mention, but the, of, of the Corinthian leather, right? Yes. Um, but the cars are advertising luxury. And I did a little bit of reading about this as well. The Cordoba, even though you're going to laugh when you see this, he's going to mention that it's smaller in size because this is around the time that auto manufacturers are starting to think about the oil crisis. Yeah. And this thing is so huge. It is. It seems like a Simpsons joke or something when he says, "In its sleek, smaller size, right. and it's like a boat." Yeah. But but the whole idea is this is a luxury experience, right? And that's why he always mentioned that you can get it in. Uh, I think it's like rich or um, yeah, is it rich Corinthian leather? I know my own needs, and what I need from an automobile, I know I get from this new Cordova. I could ask for nothing beyond the quality of Cordova's workmanship, the tastefulness of its appearance. I request nothing beyond the thickly cushioned luxury of seats available even in soft Corinthian leather. Yet it is on the highway where Cordova best answers my demands. I have much more in this small Chrysler than great comfort at a most pleasant price. I have great confidence, for which there can be no price. In Cordoba, I have what I need. It ends on a beautiful bluff overlooking the ocean. It is, I understand why they're saying... small, though. It's so huge. You could throw a picnic for eight on the hood of that car. (laughs) I understand why it looks small compared to, like, a Cadillac of that same era, though. I mean, the, the trunk is somewhat foreshortened. And it's like it's more. It's like it. It the body like the body really feels like it's really in like the front of the car primarily. So I get why it looks. It would look small to an audience at that time. And it's got some sleek design too. It's a nice looking car. It's not like boxy. It's yeah. got a little bit of a, a little bit of a sporty design. Some, some and, contouring and, 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 and some sportiness yeah, exactly. to it. I well think it's said. a it's a good looking car. What do you think a Corinthian leather is? By the way, I don't know what Corinthian leather is or where Corinthia is. Ain't a thing. It ain't a thing. It's like it it's ain't like, a thing. It's like uh, sea, Chilean sea bass, which oh, like, is that not a thing too? Yeah, it was like that was like a rebrand of some fish that had a gross name. Oh, really? Also, yeah, there's another fish that's like that as well, right? When you yeah, order one thing off of them, them. Um, Patagonian toothfish. I was also thinking of it's ours is toasted. You know, yeah. it's like a cl- so I found an uh, I found an article here from Liberty Leather Goods. So take it. You know, well, it's written by Dan Concord. Sounds like a guy who knows about leather goods. Yeah, uh, according to this reading directly, Corinthian leather is 
is not an actual type of leather at all. It's a marketing term. The Chrysler Automobile Company introduced it in 1974 to describe premium leather seat material. Also noted in almost all of these commercials, they don't even show the leather seats. Yeah. They showed they showed the plush seat. The plush seat. Yeah, but I then that he'd was always say yeah. but he always would say also available in Corinthian leather. It says uh, celebrity Ricardo Montalban helped popularize the uh, term in the Cordoba ads. We just heard that. Where did the term come from? The term Corinthian leather was developed by an advertising agency, Basel, based in Omaha, Nebraska, working for the Chrysler Corporation at the time. Um, let's see here. A, a copywriter for the company coined the phrase. It was intended to brand the leather in some of Chrysler's cars as premium luxury upholstery material it was to set it apart from competitors by implying an association with something rich in quality rare and luxurious genevieve coming from as you said corinthia well i, looked I assumed it up. there was no there is a place called corinth which was an oh, ancient okay. city in greece so i can understand it was like it was just sort of like a a luxury word that was lying around. Nobody was making really much use of it. Uh huh. This article goes on to say that it was a smaller car because of the the oil crisis at the time. Um, where was it made? Oh, where do you think it was made? So it 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 gives you this idea of Greece or right. even Italy or something like that to me. Yeah. Where do you think it was made? Well, it's a Chrysler. Was it not made in Detroit? It was made in Jersey. That's where the oh. leather came from. Yeah. Oh, the leather. The leather itself. Yeah, Corinthian leather comes from Jersey. So I think that's kind of interesting. Um, uh, so now, though, I'm going to play for you one more Ricardo commercial here. This is actually for the Chrysler New Yorker. He's He had this campaign for years, like decades. And this one, I think, is a 1980s commercial, maybe even early 90s. And again, this is not for the Cordoba or whatever that was. This is for the New Yorker. But what I like about this one is a couple of things. He's not in the car when this one begins. He's sitting on a couch. And he says, people always ask, Corinthian leather? Which I would argue is not a question, right? And also, well, if you say it with kind of a, like a, if you if you say it with sort of an up tilt at the end, there's something about the commercial. Maybe I watched Corinthian it too leather? many times. He does do that, uh, but he also then sort of pets. The, he's sitting on a couch, what looks like to be like a leather or a suede couch, and he sort of pets the pillow next to him, <laughs> or like is sort of like saying like people want to know like why do I only sit on Corinthian leather but the thing is if this is a couch it's not Corinthian leather because that shit is only in Chrysler's because you made that shit up right you know what I mean but here he's like well strongly implying that his couch is made of Corinthian arguably leather. everything and any everything and nothing is Corinthian leather that is true you're in a very philosophical mood today I really I am everyone asks Corinthian leather of course why not the best <laughs> Like you gotta admit, the way that rattles through, you're just like, wait, what was the question? Right. What was, what the, question? was the question? Everyone asks, Corinthian leather. Of course, why not the best? And isn't he lying by touching that pillow next to him when he says Corinthian leather? Like it's he's a, he's heavily implying yeah. a falsehood here. <laughs> he lied to me. It's the same with our new Chrysler New Yorker. It gives you everything. Powerful V6, anti-lock brakes, front-wheel drive, rich leather, 770 protection plan. And Chrysler's exclusive Crystal Key program, complete car coverage with owner care that's even better than Rolls-Royce or Mercedes. Chrysler New Yorker gives you the one thing you always wanted in a luxury car. Everything. 
They really did. I mean, I know that it's been talked about. I mean, they really did turn that company around, though. The whole Lee Iacocca, like, turn, yeah. like that. That I mean, famously, although that something new... about him holding up that key with that famous logo on it now. Yeah, I think that's you know, I they did a fantastic job with marketing, and and obviously you're you're very right about the turnaround. The New Yorker is a very ugly car. Yeah, that, like that's, the, the that Cord- seems very like the early Cordoba, 90s. Right? I would yeah. be into, but the the New Yorker has like a very squared off uh, rear. And it's got that, that 90s. It's look got that to 90s it. yeah. squared off look. It really very different. Does era. not work. Very different era. All right, are you ready to talk about another material, Genevieve? Yes. You want to talk about silver? Just located, original U.S. government Morgan silver dollars, the most sought after coins in American history. Bulletin, 945 AM, New York. Try to follow this, Genevieve. Bulletin. Also, did you, you looked away for a second. I'm not trying to call you out on that, except that for some reason we see a man opening at first what looks like at first it looks almost like a jail cell and then I realize oh this is a huge bank vault this guy is dressed up like a security guard like an old timey security guard at a bank and he's swinging open a big grated metal door um, where behind it is like cartoonish cloth bags filled with money yeah just located original US government Morgan silver dollars the most sought after coins in American history Bulletin, 945 a.m. New York. (laughs) National Collector's Mint releases 3,485 of the last surviving United States minted Morgan silver dollars still in existence. Each coin is 95 to 138 years old, but condition is important. And all the U.S. government Morgan silver dollars in this release are guaranteed to be in brilliant uncirculated to fine condition. 320 million Morgan silver dollars were melted by the U.S. government for both world wars. Millions more were melted by silver profiteers again and again as silver prices soared. Each contains over three quarters of an ounce of pure silver. Silver prices are over 120% higher than they were just 10 years ago. But purchases of silver coins and bars has skyrocketed even faster, increasing almost 400%. Will this rapidly increasing demand send the price of silver coins soaring? One thing is certain. You can still get our quality Morgans for the same low TV price. <laughs> well. I know, I like but we can way. imply it. I like, they're throwing so much information oh at us. Oh, my like, God. Have they found old coins or did they melt down coins? Are they making more coins? And the, the fact They're that trying they... to tell this complicated story about silver, and they're so full of evasions yep. and half-truths here. Yep. This is hilarious. Ten years ago, just $29.90 each. This price can only be guaranteed for the next seven days. Remember, this is $49 to $69 less than several national retailers charge for a similar Morgan Silver dollar. These original United States minted Morgan Silver dollars are heavy with .900 pure silver and rich in historic value. These last remaining survivors can be yours for just $29.90 each. Price guaranteed for just seven days. Strict limit of five coins per caller. National Collectors Mint protects your purchase price with our silver dollar money-back guarantee. But you must act soon to own an authentic Morgan silver dollar at this price. Orders accepted on a first-come, first Or you can wait until 2023 and get one for $24.95. Oh, so they're going down in price. Yes. Now, do you think, like, is there any truth in the fact that these were that these were authentic or are they remaking these and just straight up lying? That seems like you would get in trouble if you're just totally lying about that. There are plenty of Morgan silver dollars and there are plenty of them still available today. And it doesn't, I I think that it's reasonable. I think the reason they were being quote released into this false scarcity uh, thing is that they were probably sitting on a bushel of these things and thought, how can we create some kind of demand for something that fundamentally 
isn't worth that much. It says, so I looked this up on a website called Wikipedia, and it said the Morgan dollar is a United States dollar coin minted from 1878 to 1904. So that that is pretty old. Then once again in 1921, so again, a long time ago, but then again in 2021. So they, they started making them again in 2021. Are they still making them now? And is it true that if these were authentic from back in the day, these things are at least 100 years old from 1921 or earlier? That's what's confusing to me about it. And they're also like implying that like these are rare because so many people melted them down during the silver craze. But I also feel like they're trying to tell you like, you could melt this down in an emergency too, you know. They're just trying to sell you the silver, right? Yes, I mean, they're trying to sell you something that that they are making all these claims about and implications about being valuable, but, like, they haven't really, in the, however long, when did this commercial come out, do you think? Like I'm not sure. It doesn't, fe- it doesn't feel that old to me, yeah, honestly. It feels like something we would have seen as kids on TV. Mm-hmm. You can still get these uh, these original issue silver dollar, Morgan silver dollars for not that much for around the same price mm-hmm. that they were that they're being sold here, maybe a little bit more if you if it's an older one in good condition, you know, whatever like that's being sold. Like I see one here um, from nineteen from eighteen eighty eight being sold being offered on uh, uh, for for sixty two dollars. So okay. like you know that that would be quite a bit more, I guess. But like it's not like it's wrapped like it's skyrocketed in value or anything. But when we talk about silver dollars, so. Um... My Uncle Don, or, well, he was he was in West Virginia, so it was Uncle Don. Um, <laughs> he would always give me and my sister a silver dollar when we came to visit. He had one of those Crown Royal purple felt bags yeah. full of silver dollars. When we say a Morgan silver dollar, is that different than just a regular silver dollar? Or were those silver? Because I swore- There are many different silver there dollars. There are silver dollars, right? From like the 1960s or whatever. Sure. I feel like these ones he was giving me were from the 60s. And did they have Eisen? These have like Lady Liberty on them, but was Eisenhower or somebody on the later silver dollars? I just, I, there were, I don't know. There were okay. a lot of different silver dollars. Apparently, these are called Morgan Silver Dollars because uh, the person who designed them was named uh, George Morgan. He was the assistant engraver at the U.S. Mint. There you go. Um, Did you know that uh, Costco recently sold, like, gold bars and they sold out, like, overnight? You mean they were... Really, this was like a one-time drop or something. Yeah, like they were selling these. I, I don't know if they were one ounce or whatever they were. They were small, but they were an ounce of pure gold, and they were selling them for like I think two thousand bucks or something. And they just like absolutely there was a run on them. Really? Yeah. They just like I guess that's their business that's Costco. model. They, you just, get, they, they found them they wholesale. Found them in, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, it belongs in a museum. That's what I would have been yelling at Costco that day. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like passing. The like uh, the electronic section, and you just like yelling, <laughs> "These belong in a museum." Um, I wanted to see if there were any. I I can tell one of these days I'm just gonna do a show about pen commercials. This has come up in the past too. Just the idea of like there used to be so many commercials for writing implements that are just like not yes. necessary these days. <laughs> but I love this one that I found. Um, they mentioned that this is made of, I believe, brushed steel and. Uh, 
I think they don't even say gold plating. I think with gold, you can use that as an adjective, just meaning what it looks like. Right. Too. And I gold think that's what, exactly. I think in this case. But what I love is this is an ad I'm going to guess from, I don't know, 70s, early 80s uh, for a fountain. It's actually a whole pen set, but it begins with them talking about a fountain pen. But it's one of those commercials where they're abusing the living shit out of it. At first, you see somebody throw it at a dartboard, like a dart and it sticks in there. And then they like they, they they take the pen and they just like pound through a metal can with oh it. I'm just God. like, and then they just write the word smooth on a piece <laughs> of paper. Imagine doing this with your best fountain pen, and doing this, and then writing smoothly and effortlessly immediately afterwards. This isn't a trick or special effect. This is the classic pen set fountain pen with a virtually indestructible nib. I would like. I to, am sad uh, that I didn't have this one for my um, my show about things taking abuse. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, there's always plenty of those. By the way, if you're uh, wondering what the music is in the background, this is the music of people who use fountain pens. The stylish classic fountain pen is finished in high-quality brushed stainless steel with gold accents. The special design means that it will never leak. And the refill flow system ensures an even supply of ink directly to the nib, eliminating the blotting which sometimes happens with other fountain pens. With the classic pen set, you also get the roller pen, a ball pen, two color pen, as well as this micro pen and mechanical pencil. Incredibly, pen. all these six pens come complete in a deluxe no classic shame. pen set case. <laughs> but wait, that's not all. As part of this special offer, you'll also receive this tremendous 66-piece refill set. The classic pen set makes a great gift. Did it say how much that was? Uh, I'm waiting to see. Usually that, they would punch that in here, right? I'm really curious to know how much that all that costs. I don't think they ever mentioned a price. Isn't that strange? You have to ask. You can't afford the classic pen set. Maybe, or maybe this is a version of the ad, like maybe, you know, somebody at the, there's a very long tail on this where I feel like you would punch in yeah. the order by mail, uh, you know, COD information and how much it would cost. That's very strange. I actually agree. I do think it would um, make a good gift. I think it would make a good gift for me, Genevieve. Yeah, I mean... Like, obviously, it's very sort of, you know, it's antiquated and it's it's not practical, but there's a, the arts and crafts lover in me, which is I'm like 98 percent loving arts and crafts and 2 percent obsessed with the cats. That's like my whole makeup uh -huh. right now. Um, the arts and crafter in me really wants that pencil. Yeah, it's kind of nice, right? Yeah. I'm sure it's not even nice for what it is. Um, I think I've told you this before. I'm having some issues with the next video I want to play for you. So I will tell a little story while I try to figure this out, which usually makes for the best stories. But I think the last time pens came up on this show, um, I mentioned that when we were kids, our parent, my dad from somewhere brought home uh, two Parker pens. Yeah, I remember. And like kind of instilled in us the, this whole experience did that like these Parker pens were a very special kind of pen and I remember mine was like I can't remember if I had two or if I took them both one was like kind of um I think just like black enamel the other one was like camo enamel on the outside which was really weird I wasn't really into camo but I just thought well these are the fanciest pens and I, <laughs> I won't I'll never forget just like that commercial my dad taking one of the pens, showing it off to us, and writing the word smooth on a piece of paper. I swear to God, I think about that. I just, it's this memory I have of my dad writing smooth. And I was just like, I don't know if at the time I just thought my dad was the coolest guy in the world, which I probably did. Uh, and I think he is. I, I think if you, if you do a ranking, um, 
and also just this idea of this luxurious pen that was now mine. And yeah. you could just write smooth. I could write smooth with it all day long. I feel like fancy pens had a real moment. I guess it was, I think I sort of associate it with like the go-go 80s Reaganaut, you mm -hmm. know, era of things. Like I, I'm thinking of like the stylings and the, the paraphernalia that you associate with um, American Psycho, you know, which is how it's like all mm -hmm. this, all this sort of like business accoutrements really satirized in that uh, movie and book. Um, yeah. You know, the, the business cards yeah. and all that stuff. And so like, that's kind of what I, I feel like there was a moment in the late 80s when very fancy pens um, and stuff like that was sort of having a moment. And here's my thing. As a, as a status Was symbol. it just always, a, you're absolutely right about that particular like kind of book and what they're kind of like talking about. But like, I also just think that like, it was probably pretty big leading up to all of that too. Like essentially like, I don't know if it peaked in the eighties or not, or if we just look back at that because we were alive then. But since the computers took everything over, <laughs> as I'd like to say, I'm now the coolest guy yeah. in the world. It's just like, it has eliminated you so say many. It, like, you're, it sounds like a crazy thing to say, but then you think about it and you're like, well, well they did though. Like, and it really eliminates so many gifts that kids can get their parents. You know what I mean? Like how <laughs> yes. many things did I get my dad that uh, were just so like, many office, like office, office things, shit. Like office here's shit, another yeah. day planner for you, but it's yeah. the fancy kind of day planner. Right, here's right. something so that like you can write nicely. Here you, is a, a paperweight. I mean, my dad just recently got rid of his, when he retired about 10 years ago, he finally got rid of the electronic, um, thesaurus that he bought oh in the late 80s early 90s he showed he sent me a photo he still had the receipt from it when he bought it i think in like 1990 oh or 1991 gosh. or something Has like the warranty that, on that thing. <laughs> yeah i don't know i think he actually got rid of it too which i should have told him not to um so anyway it was just like so much shit and we could get that we're like here i know you have a million pens in the shitty pen drawer but here's a nice pen right. you can use or an ink blotter even yeah blotters you know? yeah all of that stuff calendar Oh like, sure, it just as a limited. Now, don't ever talk bad about paper calendars. No, I won't. I because know. I've got, got a million of a them. A million of them, and I well, I could use a million more. <laughs> um, I sometimes think of a thing that I'm like, I don't really have a good calendar to put that on. You think of a thing that you don't have a good you an event in your life. Yes. That you I, well, let's see. I'm not even joking. When you sit yeah. at your desk, which is right out there, you obviously have your like Outlook calendar or Google calendar, maybe mm -hmm. even both for you. You have to your left one paper calendar, I believe, with birds on it, maybe. Yeah, and that's my personal calendar. Okay, and then you have a big whiteboard calendar right. that you keep updated. That's my, that only has assignments that are due for... Um, not just my Not just work assignments that are due, but specific work assignments that are due for the president. So that is solely devoted, that whiteboard calendar that's like a big month that I clean off every couple of weeks. That is solely for me to keep track of, have I written this speech or this set of remarks or whatever for this one, main, the main part of my job. But there are other parts of my job that are like, I have to write remarks for this other person, or I have to uh, review a set of materials for some other thing or whatever. And I, don't have a specific calendar. I mean, I can put them on my Outlook calendar like this thing do, but I don't think Outlook's very good at like giving you as a due date for things. I don't like the way it handles 
Yeah, they have tasks and stuff, but I don't don't like it. But do you, so at your desk right now, you have the whiteboard calendar and the paper calendar, which is your person. Mm -hmm. That's your calendar for fun, but then you have one. And I've got my year, my my whole year calendar. That's at your desk as well. Which also is at my desk. And then in the kitchen, we have a calendar. But that's too small to put anything on. Do you keep anything on the calendar in the kitchen? Yeah, the calendar in the kitchen is for like joint things that we're both doing. Yeah. I never look at that one. I should probably look at that. Am I missing anything? Well, I've got lots more at work. Okay. And then you have, uh, no, I meant, am I missing anything in our, in our oh. social life? Because I haven't been looking at the kitchen calendar. <laughs> Sorry, I thought we were still uh, calendar time. <laughs> and then you have a whole bunch at work as well. So <laughs> anyway, um, I would like to move on here. This next commercial, for some reason, um, this page is a little bit messed up and I don't have an ability to pause this. And this is a commercial that, that might be a problem with. But it's for something called Sattva mattresses i believe s-a-a-t-v-a and i think that this i don't know if both of these actors are in all of them but certainly the woman is she's a red-haired woman and she's kind of a big personality i learned in watching some of these they only mention very briefly the materials inside the mattress i thought i was gonna be able to find more where they like tear open a mattress with a chainsaw and show you all the layers or whatever this is the closest i could get but it's a very interesting commercialist just if you leave aside (laughs) the whole conceit of materials I don't know if this is a friend of hers, a partner, a lover, uh-huh. a coworker, anything. I don't know. Maybe upon rewatching, that'll become more clear. But he comes into the room holding a white ceramic plate with a freshly made sandwich on it. Okay. He walks in and she's talking to him immediately about mattresses. And I think she's complaining about these mattresses that you can get in a box, like your purple mattresses or what have you. Yeah. And she's basically saying they're no good. They yeah. don't, you know, you can, they're too squashy. You can get them delivered. They're too squashy. I don't know if she says that. That's my take on them. Um, and then she starts talking about the Sattva mattress and how it's better. But at one moment, when she's talking about how squishy these mattresses is, <laughs> what? What? How squishy these mattresses are she does something quite shocking which i will tell you about after the commercial so i was thinking i've been looking at mattresses online the ones that come in a box no a sattva the rest make too many compromises okay i'm gonna try to pause it up see it's not letting me pause it i'm gonna have to refresh and start from the beginning but um so i am getting the i'm getting they're at home and so i think this is this is probably her partner because i've seen him in other ads as well yeah i'm getting the vibe that they're in their home okay so they're in their home and he comes in and Although she's he, like, he does have a weirdly like um sort of he's sort of it's sort of like he doesn't know her that well yeah they don't have chemistry yeah, certainly maybe that's and difference. she definitely talks at him especially in all of these commercials <laughs> she sort of like talks at the people so i was thinking i've been looking at mattresses online the ones that come in a box no a sattva the rest make too many compromises like how do you think they fit them into a box uh she squishes up this sandwich. Yep. That's basically all I want you to see. Yeah. She just grabs the sandwich off of his plate yeah. and just squeezes it. I mean, like really mangles the living shit out of the sandwich so that everything comes squeezing out of her fingers. Then she pulls up sort of a whiteboard and starts like giving a, a presentation on yeah. sattva mattresses. And then at the, very end, at the very end, she like plucks a little piece of the sandwich off the plate and eats it. But like, I don't know how I feel about that. Her character is very... Um, it, she's kind of plays... That one I don't mind, but in other ones, she's like really abrasively... Irritating. Imagine how you would react 
if for any reason at if all, if you squish my sandwich, like if that? I picked up some food you were eating and oh my God. smushed it in my hand, yeah. You would go spend the. You would leave at least for the evening. You would like at well, least I, go I get tell, a night in a hotel. I can't tell if you're making a statement about me or her. Like, who wouldn't be upset by this? I'm making a statement about her. Okay, I was gonna say, yeah. Like, I like, mean, can you? you ima- what if you made one of your like you, you made a you assemble a sandwich? I would be you, with a bagel or whatever you make, shit. and yeah. No, no, everyone would be rip shit, but you like would well, be me especially you would, would be especially upset deservedly well i think anybody would be very shocked anyone would be upset but you i really think would like not spend the night in the house that night well i mean i would feel like we would need to talk yeah like and not even about our relationship but about like your well-being yeah right like oh, like i can't even imagine i can't i don't think i would yeah. leave this because is an, i'd be this like this is an order of magnitude that would be an order of magnitude crazier than what you found yesterday which was i had taped up a brown paper bag <laughs> oh, outside of right. our on our like like a some sort of um witchy totem outside of our garage the thing is i saw online a video wherein a guy had a hornet's nest in his like rafters or something and he put up a, a crumpled up grocery brown paper grocery bag and it looks to the hornets like another wasp or a wasp nest has moved in and so they all leave and like they relocate because they don't want to compete for resources and we do have some some wasps or some kind of hornet living uh underneath our garage and i really want to get rid of them and i've tried poison and it's just like not working so i thought well what could it hurt to put up this crumpled up paper bag but i kind of didn't realize you were going to go back there and see it well i just was taking out the garbage yesterday or cutting up some boxes and i look over and there is just like an empty kind of crinkled brown paper but full-size grocery bag just taped with one meager piece of tape off of a light bulb well that's the only thing it would stick to on the outside of our garage and we have some people who wander around our neighborhood who yeah. are not all there. And so I texted you and I'm like, did you do this? Did a crow do this? Is a crazy person do this? And you're just like, I did this. And then you told me that it was to get uh, wasps uh, to relocate. And I said, oh, a crazy person did do this. And it's <laughs> but you. Not, it is. So I'm saying that's a little bit crazy, but it's not grab your sandwich off your plate and smush yeah, it crazy. Yeah, that guy might have had wasps in his attic, but you have a bat in your belfry, my friend. <laughs> I wish we had bats does in that the mean, belfry. Does that, does that mean that you're out of your mind? I bat think so. in the belfry. Bats yeah. in the belfry. I learned that from watching Batman. Um, okay, so let's talk about Genevieve. Plastic. One word. I did not um, find any commercials like for a product that says made from 100% real plastic because that would also be weird. But I did just find a couple of like plastic commercials like for just like generally speaking, plastic makes the world a better place. Do you remember these types of commercials from the 90s? Sort of like the Plastic Council. Yeah. The I'll plastic tell you council. what. I grew up in a household. This was my actual lived reality because uh my dad worked in the plastics industry oh, he and really so took that i was movie to heart. i was constantly hearing about how plastics make the world go around really yeah that's interesting um so i'm going to start with this commercial from 1997 and i'll play a slightly older one too uh plastic 
makes it possible or plastics make it possible was the the slogan at the time and in this you see a woman and her kids throughout time and she's at various marketplaces throughout time and they're all very vibrant and crowded and of course there's a lot of meats and foods just hanging out in the air people are you know cutting it down right. and you these hear, are all through the like through it like a thousand years of history yeah and you hear a lot of like i think in a certain way, it's like, oh, vibrant outdoor market. But you hear like squishing noises that I think are supposed mm. to make you feel like, do I really want to be getting my meat out in a, in a you know, a dirty public airy place like this with dirt roads and whatnot? Ah, the good old days of supermarket shopping. Where nothing stood between you and your next meal. We're apparently in the jazz age now. What does the music indicate? The music for this is new- out of out of sync with this time period. This is yeah. a very sort of like um, uh, probably like very turn of the century, probably like nineteen hundred, yeah. like a room with the view era uh, costuming here, far and away. Uh, a little bit of that, yeah. She's kind of shown the, her ankle. The long He's a dress, boxer. The long dress, the corset, the the t- the hat, the high necked Victorian blouse. Mm-hmm. Jazz would be. A surprise to these people yeah. at, at minimum. Where nothing stood between you and your next meal. Nothing. But today, there are materials that help lock out harmful contaminants and reduce spoilage, keeping us safe and the food we eat fresh. Now we're in a modern grocery store. And when I say modern, I mean 1997. I didn't realize how dated a 1997 grocery store could look. Genevieve, look at these like sort of like meat, those like kind of open air. Yeah. Like, Although, uh, is it that different these days? No, but there's something about the, the design of them. The outside, it's like almost a holdover from like the 1960s sort of like architecture sort of style. Uh, that's pretty funny. But anyway, the point of this commercial obviously is we now see uh, this woman is now a modern mom and she's walking walking through the store with her kids and of course everything is very clean and it's in its place because of plastic. But today there are materials that help lock out harmful contaminants and reduce spoilage keeping us safe and the food we eat fresh. Plastics make it possible. Yeah, keeping us safe like all the PCBs that were in all the plastic in that era. You're absolutely right. It's the American Plastics Council by the way. Now this next one I thought was shocking. This goes, that was 97. This is actually 1994. In this one we see uh, people like uh, kids on a football field, like, you know, young football players. And I think the implication is like the plastic pads and stuff are keeping them safe. But then it cuts to one of these players in the locker room. And again, he's like probably a 12 or 13 year old and somebody throws him a bottle of shampoo. He's in the shower and uh, he doesn't catch it and it slips and it hits the ground, but it doesn't break because it's made of plastic. Right. But I think in this very short clip of this boy turning around in the shower i feel like the camera go- i mean from the backside i feel like it goes pretty low now listen this isn't dennis franz territory everybody calm down this right. is a commercial from 1994 but they're cutting it close is what you're saying i mean he, he's also like a boy i mean he's very I young though too dingus. but i saw a dong by the way on tv that i was very surprised to see one on recently really yeah the, great, the, Amer- red Shoe the Diaries? great american the great pottery throwdown Wait, that's a weird place to see a penis. That's what I said. <laughs> that's literally what she said. That's literally what she said. I was so shocked. They had a. It was an episode where the Potters were um, doing a sculpture of a of a nude figure, and there was a nude male, uh, 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 you know, model and a nude female model. 
they were very careful. Uh, I'm not positive. Maybe they they were they're pretty careful. They definitely didn't show any bush or anything, and they didn't show so they didn't show the ladies' front bits. We saw their butts a lot, and I think we might have seen the breasts one time. But at one point, someone's like measuring the dude for like their mm. for to get the proportions right in their sculpture, and they fully show his dong. Do you think this was a, if you'll excuse the expression, backdoor pilot for that? Um, <laughs> what is I, that new dating show? All of our friends are talking about. That's oh also yeah, the, a na- thing. the naked, the naked attraction, naked attraction. Is that what it's called? Yeah, but that's not, not even a good. That's not. It's, that's again. It sort of sounds like a play on words. I think it? naked attraction naked is, attraction is, is a, sort of a uh, phrase. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, do you think that they were like kind of getting ready for that, or they just have a different relationship with nudity over there? I guess it's the latter. It was. It was so weird though. Yeah. Because mm. it's a very like G-rated show for yeah. the most part. You yeah. Know? Well, it's interesting because it, it, in a certain way, maybe it's just like, well, it, we're not sexualizing this moment. Yeah. It's just it wasn't sexualized. I mean, everybody, there's a little bit of teeing about things, but, yeah. you know, I mean, like any group of people would if you were spending eight hours in the room with two naked strangers, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like nobody was gross or anything. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, n- now I feel weird about this commercial I'm going to play. This is a kid. Now, maybe- I see, now I want to see this naked kid. Maybe. <laughs> That's also apparently what she said. Uh, Okay, so here it is. You're going to hear about the wonders of plastic. Today, Dave Ryan will understand the benefits of a little extra protection. Today, Brady Blackwell will come to appreciate a shatter-resistant shampoo bottle. Today, for the first time in years... Sheila Connor's grandpa will be able to walk with less pain. For some reason... See, I feel like the first two scenes sort of made sense as a pairing we see a kid on the football field where plastic is protecting him as he gets like tackled yeah then we see i now realize a different kid in the shower but in a locker room shower it feels like it's part so of the same it feels story. like part of the same story then yeah. we just cut to a young girl hugging her grandfather who's getting out of the orthopedic hospital because he's got new plastic in his leg that allows him to get around after uh, surgery apparently for the first time in years Sheila Connor's grandpa will be able to walk with less pain. Today will be a better day for a lot of people. Simply because of a material we call plastic. Boy, that really reminds me of that ad we talked about, I don't know, whenever, a few months ago or something, uh, for petroleum. Do you remember that ad? Where it was like, what would happen if we didn't have petroleum in our lives? Oh, yeah, And like yeah, yeah. this couple's date just like goes horribly wrong because they don't have like cars or makeup or a bunch of other shit. Plastics, because mm-hmm. obviously petroleum is a, an ingredient in a lot of plastic. Um, and yeah, it, like we were pretty offended by it because it was like it was such a it was such a naked uh, like kind of s- cynical way of looking at the world where like oh, we can only make these things with, uh, you know, with by extracting petroleum from the ground rather than asking, like, how can we solve these? How do we meet these needs with, like, renewable resources or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Genevieve, I know I don't know if you noticed I stumbled before when I was talking about the um, tagline of both of these commercials. Again, the ones I just played for you were I played them out of order. The first one was 1997 and then 1994. And I wasn't sure if the tagline was plastic makes it possible or plastics make it possible. Mm -hmm. Apparently, they changed it at some point. 1994. Look, plastic makes it possible. Yeah. 
Then you go to 1997, plastics make it possible. Okay. Like they went from calling it plastic to plastics and then adjusted the rest of the grammar. Is that interesting? It is not. I thought it was interesting. Well, I mean, what makes it interesting? What makes it interesting? <laughs> that at some point somebody decided to make a change Grammar there. makes it interesting. <laughs> <within> grammars <laughs> you make might, it interesting. You might know me from such films as Grammars make it interesting. <laughs> um, I don't know. Somewhere between 1994 and 1997, they went from plastic makes it possible to plastics make it possible. And I wonder what the thinking was there. Well, I mean, I'm sure within the world of plastic manufacturing, there is a a distinction, or the people you know, the the people want it to be sort of recognized that there are different types of plastics in the world. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, so many different types of polymers. Yeah, I wonder what the what the reasoning is. But um, all right, listen, we have been going so long. I did not realize that. Um, but this has been fun. We've talked about what different kinds of steel. Yeah, galvanized. We've talked about leather. We talked about plastics. The only thing that we didn't talk about yet, Genevieve, is gold. Well, and I did talk about it because I brought it up. You did? Uh, when I talked about Costco. But oh, I don't want to ruin your segue that you clearly planned out. <sighs> the so one we, thing if we you want to cut that plastic, if you want to cut that Costco gold part out, you can. Yeah. And I'll beep this. <laughs> and then I'll say again. The one thing we haven't talked about yet today, Genevieve, <laughs> is gold. And when I say gold, I mean Solid gold. This better be about the dancers. Let's go surfing now. Everybody's learning how. Come on a safari with me. Sessions presents Solid Gold. Chase, you're gonna be happy with me. Solid Gold, an amazing collection of 38 all-time rock and roll favorites on three giant stereo records. I don't know that song. I like a lot of these songs, and I like a lot of these band names, but Solid I've never, gold. I've never heard of the Cufflinks. Yeah, the Cufflinks. I've never heard of the Cowsills. I know. But I'm into it. I would have never known that that's the Fontella Brass. Is that who it said? Uh, yeah. It's twilight time. Some girls love to run around, love to handle everything they see. Sunday will never be the same. Lightning again. I'm living right next door to I miss it, these kinds of commercials. Individually, I do too. Individually, I like all these songs for the most part. Um, but when you hear it all just jammed together like that in a, in a sort of relentless series, it's a not great sound. Really? I kind of, I, it really, there's a few on there that I would skip, like Shout by the Isley Brothers. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Um, and a few of the other ones. But I would, I would definitely be into this. I just think that it's a bit of a cacophony, that particular kind of jangly music. Yeah. Another thing I want to point out is that the cover of this uh, collection is called, it's called, it says Solid Gold and like, um, sort of the Coca-Cola, sort of the Coca-Cola font. On a Coca-Cola glass. And it's glass. on a Coca-Cola glass. But why wouldn't you put it on a gold record? Yeah, I don't know. Like, why are you invoking soda? Well, I also think it's interesting. Maybe this the is, original title was Soda Gold. This is... <laughs> they're like, eh, we need something different. Um, 1977, a lot of these songs aren't even that old. Like, a lot of these are like, you know, 
60s, even late 60s yeah. songs. So, like, you know, I do miss these commercials. Like, just like... The scrolling just song Just two titles. minutes of music, yeah. which, yeah, by the hundredth time that you've seen the same one, maybe it's less entertaining. But, like, no, this doesn't, like, what, Spotify... Can Spotify just make a two-minute commercial that they just start dropping in that we're just like, all of this music and more on yeah, Spotify. on Spotify, yeah. It's like the, the technology has made this incredibly obsolete. Like, this just can't exist anymore. Let's see uh, what the offer is and whether or not we're willing to buy. Giant stereo LPs only eight ninety eight. Two eight track or cassette tapes only ten ninety eight. Here's how to order this great collection now. So it's cheaper on vinyl. Cheaper on vinyl, which I I would uh, rather get that get that. Oh no, wait, was it cheaper on vinyl? Eight ninety eight yeah. for three for records. records ten ninety eight or... for an eight track or cassettes. Also, give me that vinyl for eight ninety eight. And again, it's COD. How did that work? Like you order it, it comes and to the door, and the, then you and you, you pay the, the mail, delivery person. You pay the mail carrier nine dollars. Like, Here, make sure this goes to the. Hey, keep a little something for yourself. Yeah, exactly. You're you're doing. Don't spend. Don't make sure that goes to the right place now. Yeah, I don't know how COD worked. It's like that's another bygone technology. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind so I wanted to read to you this message that we got. This is from listener Leanna. Genevieve, this is actually from an unusual source. You know, when we read emails on this show, they come into our email box, of course, voicemails. Sometimes we pull things from the After These Messages Facebook group. This is actually from Slack. Of course, TBTL, the other podcast I work on, uh, we have a Slack presence. I don't even know what to call it, a Slack page, whatever, um, where there's a bunch of different channels on that based on things we've talked about on that podcast. And there's a couple of breakout little groups um, based on like after these messages where people can talk about commercials or Spotify, my cleaning podcast where people talk about cleaning stuff. And I sometimes forget to go see what people are talking about there. But I thought this was really interesting and it inspires me to go back there more. I mean, I don't know how you feel about me pushing people to a different podcast social media. No, page, I'm fine with it. Like, it, it. I mean, I don't I don't love that Facebook is our social media yeah, sort I'd of landing place. That, I'd love to ditch it. But like there to create like a forum where people can respond to other things and like yeah, each other. It's and really have challenging. Yeah. It's so challenging to come up with like the right mixture of social media offerings and without fragmenting things too much. I don't know. It's a disaster. Well, I thought this was an interesting note from listener Leanna. Um, and it is part of the bounty paper towel campaign. I think I mentioned that at the beginning of the show. Um, and this is a campaign that actually you've commented on. It's pre it's a pretty inoffensive campaign. I don't think we have a major issue with it, but it's like a lot of people accidentally spilling things. It's a family or a couple or yeah, friends. There's or one right now where they're putting some IKEA furniture together, and, and then yeah, something happens and somebody spills. It's a going little, onto a white rug, right? And it's always that. And then the idea is it's the quicker picker upper, where you point out that the premise is kind of bunk because it's like, do these paper towels make you faster right. at getting unless, those paper towels and bringing them unless into the room? Unless it turns you into the Flash, yeah. and you can go get those. Paper paper towels that are in a different room it doesn't matter how much more quickly the paper picks yeah. it up because it's a 
it's really not a it's really not an issue at that. But point. it's a classic campaign that sure. goes back to before our time. I love it as even. a slogan. The I mean, picker, yeah, picker, that yeah. was um, when you had Rosie, right? The, yeah, um, I think so. the, the the diner waitress who would who would say Bounty's the quicker picker up, or you just made a face. Was she a diner waitress anyway? Wasn't I... Rosie specifically in a diner? Like people would come up to the counter and she'd be like, "Hey, sugar." That sounds plausible anyway um liana says i wanted to share this commercial because this uh i saw it on youtube i think and it was the first time i ever replayed an ad on youtube here we have like a family gathering and they're celebrating an older couple's um anniversary we see in the background there's Big balloons that say 50 so this is their 50th wedding anniversary so yeah. you know th this couple is probably in their 70s another opportunity like to talk about gold Oh, 50. Golden yeah. anniversary. Golden anniversary. And so we see, like, you know, their adult children around them celebrating the anniversary as well as grandkids are around them. And there's a there's a little cake with um, their faces on it. You know how you get a cake made that takes a photorealistic image and they'll put that on the top of the cake? Yes. Um, these bounty commercials often have... Do you know that that material is the same material that's used for edible Don't panties? say that. That is a... <laughs> That is a joke that a co-worker once said at somebody's birthday party at New Hampshire Public Radio. I don't think it was a joke. It was a very... It was an it was an untoward no, observation. No, 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 no. I think he was joking. Really? It was a, a somebody I worked with at the time who um, was a very socially awkward guy, <laughs> yeah. which was very surprising. Put, putting it mildly. Given his job of, <laughs> of interviewing, interviewing people in a long form form radio. In a long form format and trying to get yeah. the most out of people. He was kind of a big guy and he would kind of stand awkwardly at I mean I hate office parties as well. Right. Um but somebody had put, you know, one of those photos on top of the cake and it kinda came off like a sheet and he was eating it or something and he just sort of said, Oh, like edible panties and like <laughs> all of the women who were in earshot like shuddered and just yeah, this awful. like communal sh just shudder hearing yeah, full him, body him say that communal while he shudder. was eating this and he by the way I want to make it clear like this was not like something that he was known for that was the only yeah, he wasn't body he wasn't body he didn't make that's he, why I don't think it was a joke I just think it was small talk. Anyway, let's just. Uh, but anyway, thanks for introducing that as we're trying to wrap up the show here. So I just spent ten minutes. I can't like, trying talk to about that cake, those cake <laughs> photos, without mentioning that story. What I was going to say was these bounty commercials across the campaign often will have a little bit of sort of magical realism uh, by way of animation yes. in there. The IKEA one you mentioned, a couple is trying to assemble an, an IKEA style piece of furniture, but when they spill a glass of wine or whatever it is, the little like humanoid characters in the instruction manual sort of flinch out of the way suddenly there's some right. animation there in this case you see an image of this couple this couple who's older now but they're probably in their 20s here well, at they're, their, at their oh, wedding. Oh, they're at their wedding and yeah. that's what the picture is on the cake and these um these this younger version of themselves flinch away from the spill as it comes towards them on the cake and it's pretty sweet actually because the guys kind of got longer hair so this couple probably got married like in the 1970s yeah, or something i don't cute. know how the math works out on that but here i'll take uh, let you take a listen to this. To 50 years with my best friend and my soulmate. Uh -oh, he dropped his, his wine. <gasps> Quick, the quicker picker upper. 
When you gotta get it done, one sheet is all you need. And Bounty is 50% more absorbent, so you can use less and get the job done with one. You've got a bit of your face on your face. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Okay, so first of all, it's very sweet at the end. She said the 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 woman who's celebrating the anniversary is saying to her husband, you got a piece of face on your, your face. Your face on your face. Because he was eating yeah. the cake with his face very on it. It's, it's very cute. Yeah. There's something so endearing about that little bit at the, the end there. The whole family's very sweet. But generally speaking, the, the family's pretty sweet. Um, I, I think I'd seen this commercial before. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought too much about it. When the when the um, uh, wine is being spilled and everything goes into slow motion, you can hear the whole family sort of say, no, but then uh, it's the actual younger version of this couple on the cake who says this. The quicker pick. And it's uh, clearly supposed to be a Chinese-American family, and that's what Leanna wanted to weigh in on here. Um, she says, the young version of the married couple on the cake says, Ayah, and I love how it's so clearly a Chinese-American family. You don't see a lot of older Asian-Americans speaking fluent English in much American media, and it's refreshing, especially as someone who's Chinese-American, with half my family having been here since the 1800s. The older couple's accent also sounds a lot like what my family would call a Chinatown accent. That's not the derogatory um so that's kind of interesting like they're the, as i think i put it at the top of the show these little small cultural yes. indicators i just saw this as a right nice anodyne commercial that went by quickly and that was kind of with a really cute little scene at the end but there were little things in here sure. that when you have an ear towards that and when you have writers and creatives it's in the room with different backgrounds this tells me can, that there yeah. was someone who has an asian american or chinese american experience in the writer's room or in the creative in the creative part of this process who says well the the young as young people and the photograph people um uh, they might not say no they might say you know a Chinese version of right, that yeah that is so great and, and it's and it, go, it goes by in a second and it doesn't dim, I mean not like it would but it in no way diminishes the experience for a non-Chinese speaker yeah it's not like as me I I watched this commercial I never felt like oh I'm not getting something about this commercial <laughs> yes. but then Leanna says oh there's some nice little things in yeah. here and you're like oh that is nice that is nice you know and I learned a little something too so thank you Leanna anyway, I'm really glad you shared that yeah thank I'm, you. I'm really happy that you noticed that because I've seen that ad you know, a dozen times and never noticed it. Yeah, and now I really will too. And again, you have some face on your face. I just think that the the, I mean, a lot happens in that commercial in a small amount of time. But I think I'm in love with that couple. Like yeah, they're so cute. sweet. Um, we were talking about uh, Patrick Mahomes. I don't even. I mean, there's a million reasons why we would have been. He's in so many commercials during. Yeah, the football I think we we're talking season. about Maato and Mahomes. That's right. Yeah, and um, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Probably like really like. I mean, at this point, he's got to be probably the the most famous or recognizable quarterback in the league. I would say the biggest star quarterback in yeah. the league out of I can't think you who know, else it would with be. a bunch. But yeah. um, anyway, you know, multiple Super Bowl, win, multi-time Super Bowl winner or whatever. But um, Rob says, have you guys noticed how oversold Patrick Mahomes is in commercials? He's been in most of the State Farm commercials for the past few years, and now he's branched out into a bunch of other brands. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head, can I even do this? Like I, I keep seeing him in so many commercials aside from the State farm ones and I'm blanking on them now but yeah he's very well represented but again he's a last time this came up I said you know he's a little bit wooden still but he's still a relatively charismatic person and a very likable quarterback as well so you know I I have no issue with him getting getting a lot of work I I think that um, Rob is a Seahawks fan here though so feels a little bit left out it says another thing to notice when you're watching a football game is how most if not all of the NFL spokespeople are from Midwest teams. 
Three or four years ago, we got represent, uh, representatives of the Green Bay Packers with Clay Matthews and Aaron Rodgers. The Cleveland Browns' uh, Baker Mayfield is all over the place. And, of course, you have the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes and the coach Andy Reid and now Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Rob says, a sane Seahawk fan couldn't help but notice. From west of the Mississippi, I have seen Matthew Stafford, who's with the Rams, but he's a crossover because he played most of his career in Detroit. Interesting. Midwest City. If it hadn't been for a Super Bowl win, he would have never been featured in a national commercial. I don't I don't know about that, but it definitely like that was literally part of that commercial that he um, that he appeared in was that he had transferred over to the West Coast. Uh, Rob says, to be fair, I may not recognize Brock Purdy or others uh, without a number and a name on the jersey. So maybe I'm missing this, uh, you know, other representation than Midwest. It seems that the Midwest is an area of the country that State Farm wants to be associated with. And as far as the rest of the country, do they even have NFL teams? Um, so anyway, you know, it's an interesting theory. I don't think that the NFL, or I'm sorry, I don't think these major brands are choosing quarterbacks from the Midwest because they want to appear, they want to appeal to the Midwest. It seems more to me that they're just taking the 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 athletes who can cross over into mainstream entertainment value for them. Yeah, I was gonna, I was starting to say that it makes a certain amount of sense because football is a religion in the Midwest um, mm -hmm. and professional football specifically. Like you go to the Southeast. Um, college football is a much bigger deal than even in some by some measures it's probably a bigger deal than professional football um, you know SEC football mm -hmm. um, I would say the same thing is true for the West Coast you don't think of the West Coast as like obsessed with football even even though it's big here and there's lots of you know lots of California teams and Hawks obviously um, it's not it's not a religion though and you're from the Midwest so I mean I would think mm -hmm. this would be this would sort of resonate with you. Well, I, no, I know that so football just, I, is obviously big there, but I just don't think that a brand like State Farm is thinking, oh, we need to pick somebody who's like from between Kansas and Pittsburgh, you know? Like, okay, first of all, I did do a little accounting on this too. I would say that Tom Brady is in a lot of commercials. Yeah, and he's, you know, I mean, he's most closely also, associated with New England. Yeah, and of course, I, then he didn't go to the Midwest. Right, and so obviously he's like probably the greatest quarterback of all time in NFL history. Like, of mm -hmm. course, he's going to be in some commercials. Patrick Mahomes probably in more commercials than Tom Brady. But again, I think that speaks more to the fact that he's probably just like Tom Brady just wasn't that great in commercials. Yeah, no, talking about wooden. Um, but I would say that that's an exception that Rob is not really um, addressing here. I did think, OK, well, the Mannings are in tons of commercials, but... Peyton Manning, I mean, Indianapolis mostly, right? Yeah. Denver a little bit, but, but even Indianapolis, that, like it's Midwest. Like that, it's like that, I mean, pardon the expression, flyover country. Uh -huh. um, and I, I think it's, I think it is that be, maybe because these players play for teams that have huge fan bases um, and they, you know, the Browns notwithstanding tend to be like winning team, pretty winning yeah. teams. I mean, Mahomes is the, yeah. has the most, so well, it's sort of, he's got the most Super Bowl wins under his belt than any other quarterback right now. Right. So, I mean, what about Brady? Well, Brady's not playing right now. Oh, you mean cur yeah, yeah, currently yeah. in uh, playing? Well, I, I just wonder if, if there isn't some logic to it that is, it's not so much that the, advertisers because the, the advertisers are looking for the biggest most recognizable most popular yeah. name they can get but i don't think it's totally a coincidence that those names maybe are overrepresented in these teams 
like Green Bay, like the Chiefs, where it really is like very central to the culture. And so the fan that they are huge stars um, regionally. And then because they are huge stars regionally, they become huge stars nationally. So we have, I mentioned Peyton Manning, that's Indianapolis. And then you'd have Eli as well, who's in a lot of commercials. But that's, without Peyton, that's New York. Is, but yeah, I don't think he's on. probably in a lot without Peyton. No offense, Eli. Um, Tony Romo. That's Dallas. Yeah. I don't think that's the Midwest. No, it's I would the- also say Troy Aikman less than Tony Romo, but another Dallas person. Yeah. I think it has more to do with popularity yeah. and ability to act in commercials. I don't think it's because we're trying to appeal to the Midwest. No, I, I agree. That's not what I was saying. I'm saying that- No, but that's what Rob was saying. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm saying that there is a correlation, but it might not be the causation. You can sell anything. Well, like I mentioned, we have a Facebook group where you can share your thoughts. Apparently, and, there's a Slack channel where you can also. This, I'm not gonna share your thoughts. Yeah, if you're there, you're there. I'm not gonna necessarily push people there. Also, we have a YouTube page where I upload videos occasionally that I find on old VHS tapes, uh, old commercials. You can find that by uh, just looking for After These Messages podcast on YouTube. You can email us After These Messages Show at gmail.com. That's after these messages show at gmail.com. And please leave us a voicemail. Call 607 444 5597. That's 607 444 5597. You can sing us a song if you want, sing us a jingle, or just let us know what you think of the commercials you're seeing. All right, we'll leave it there for today, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Anything.